listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 1st of September. Victoria has recorded its first COVID deaths in nine months. Two women, one aged in her 60s and the other 49, have both died from COVID in their homes. There were 76 new infections recorded across Victoria yesterday. More than 30 of those were mystery cases. Overnight, the state government was in crisis talks with speculation the Premier is set to reveal a COVID plan for the next few months and also ease some restrictions. We're looking at all manner of different things that we might be able to do. I do want to be very clear with the people of Victoria. This will not be Freedom Day. It will not be an opening up. Uh, It'll be modest changes that hopefully can be meaningful in people's lives. That was Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews. Meantime, in New South Wales, Premier Gladys Berejiklian wants to reopen both the state and international borders before Christmas, but has stressed that will only be possible if the state reaches key vaccination targets. 80% double dose allows us to look at international travel, welcoming home all Australians. How wonderful would it be to welcome back all Aussies who want to be reunited with their families by Christmas? And New South Wales will step up to support that cause and that case. Meantime, it's been revealed the New South Wales government has halved the number of overseas arrivals, with a new cap of 750 people allowed to return to Sydney each week. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded 1,164 new COVID cases and three more deaths. Liverpool Hospital intensive care nurse Michelle Dowd says the Delta variant is so contagious there are many cases of entire families in hospital. In some really tragic circumstances, we've had both parents of young children so sick that they need to be ventilated in our intensive care unit and separated from their children. Sometimes they don't have extended family to look after these children or the extended family is so sick that we need to make alternative care arrangements. This virus is literally ripping families apart. To the ACT and its lockdown has again been extended with the Territory recording 13 new COVID cases yesterday. Residents will be under stay-at-home orders until at least the 17th of September but will be allowed to exercise a little longer. To Queensland now where State Parliament has been sent into lockdown after protesters gathered outside. The demonstrators targeted a number of government and council buildings across the state calling for lockdowns and COVID restrictions to end and it was a similar story across New South Wales, with 150 people arrested and more than 600 fines issued after around 80 illegal protests were held across New South Wales, including one outside Parliament House in Sydney. Meantime, a major boost for Australia's vaccine supplies, with an extra 500,000 Pfizer doses arriving over the next few days. A deal has been struck with Singapore, with 80% of its population now vaccinated. Australia is set to send back the same amount in December when our vaccine supplies are higher. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to Victoria and the state government appears to be moving away from a zero COVID strategy as the highly contagious Delta variant continues to spread. James Lake in Melbourne says Victorians are set to get more details about what a roadmap out of lockdown may look like. 
It may be Dan Andrews' most anticipated press conference in a while, Tash, but he has pre-warned us it's no Freedom Day like we saw in the UK. Rules which are most likely to be scrapped first are the overnight curfew, the five-kilometre travel limit and the closure of playgrounds. There's also talk of Year 12 students being let back into schools so they can finish off the VCE with their mates and also the chance of households being able to create a bubble with one other household. Getting out of our massive second lockdown last year took a 14 day rolling average of just five cases with fewer than five mystery infections. Right now, though, Victoria has an average of 72 with 31 mystery cases. And to New South Wales and the prison system is again in the spotlight as cases of COVID surge with plans being put in place to release some inmates if the situation worsens. Our reporter Amy Goggins has the latest from Sydney. That's right, Taj. The head of the state's correctional system could use his emergency powers to let some prisoners out to allow for greater social distancing. 74 inmates are infected at Parkley Prison in Sydney's northwest. A system-wide lockdown is in place, while nine staff in Bathurst Jail in the state's central west have tested positive. Corrective Services Acting Commissioner Kevin Corrigan has told The Herald right now they're considering the plan to release less than 1,000 inmates to relieve pressure in the system. He's confident, though, it won't come to that. When inmates arrive in custody, they are tested and they're not moved into the general part of the prison population for 14 days. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. The all-important GDP figures are set to be released later this morning. Yeah, all eyes are on this number. It will be coming out at around 11.30. And I guess depending on which economic report you're looking at, we could fall into a negative or maybe a slightly positive territory. Um, most economists are estimating ranges of actually 0.1% or uh, to 0.6% in growth. Some are suggesting negative. So let me explain this a bit. So GDP just stands for gross domestic product and it measures the value of our economic um, activity. Now, it's one of the most common indicators that we use to track basically the health of our nation. And an economy is considered to be technically in a recession if there's two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So some economists are suggesting that we did contract this quarter. If that happens, then you can bet your bottom dollar September is going to not look good at all, given the extended lockdowns. Look, whatever happens today, I would suspect most of us feel that we are in an economic mm. recession, Tash. So the numbers are backward looking anyway. So if we can escape today, that's good news. I mean, looking at even AMP Capital's uh, notes around this, uh, hopefully in December we would get a rebound. It's interesting, these lockdown situations, even if we do have a recession, they're hoping and suggesting that when we reopen, demand will be pushed up pretty fast and that will turn things around pretty fast as well. Let's hope so. Also today, Effie, the report card for Australian super funds has been released and with some interesting results and marks. Yeah, a few of them got a fail. Now, it's the it's part of APRA's Your Future, Your Super Performance Test. Now, they put 76 My Super Funds under the microscope and 13 failed. Around 1.1 million of us are sitting in these dud funds with about $56 billion invested. So My Super Funds are default accounts of people who haven't chosen their own super when they started work. 
Now, if it underperformed this benchmark by 0.5, it got a fail. You will get a letter by the 28th of September by your super fund actually saying, hey, we underperformed. We suggest you go to the government site, check out the tool, and maybe even consider switching. So this is quite remarkable, um, what we're now doing. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how much action consumers um, take on this. If you get this letter, will you act in it? I suggest you okay. certainly should. You can get the full list of the top performers and bottom performers by going to the ATO website. My tip here is remember this. Every $10 you earn now, $1 goes to your super fund. So make sure it's not going to a dud one. Important to always check the details, Effie. Thank you. Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, we start with that major news regarding the AFL Grand Final. Yes, good morning, Tash. Gil McLaughlin confirming this in Perth yesterday that we will have the AFL Grand Final outside of Victoria for the second successive season. So footy fans in Melbourne won't be happy with that. Looks like the deal with the MCG will be extended, though. So Perth is the big winner. Optus Stadium holds 60,000 people. We know that they can put on a show, and let's hope there are no stumbling blocks in terms of COVID uh, on the way there. The AFL chief also let slip that the Brownlow Medal will be held in Perth as well. That will be on the Sunday night, September 19 to kick off a week long of uh, celebrations. Now, he also had a bit to say regarding Toby Green, handed a three-match ban for intentional umpire contact. That hearing lasted more than four hours yesterday. Uh, now, it was found that he intentionally made contact with umpire Matt Stevick. Three-match ban means that his season is over, but the Chief believes that's not enough. If I'm honest, I find it personally, and I need to be careful, hard to reconcile how it can be intentional conduct that was aggressive demonstrative and disrespectful I think was found to be all of those things and then only be three weeks. So the AFL is now weighing up whether to appeal the tribunal's verdict on that so we'll watch this space. Yeah, indeed Brett and some of the top teams in the NRL are resting several big stars ahead of the finals. Yeah, that's right. We've got the final round coming up. Some great games, but we won't see some of the biggest stars in the game out there. The Bunnies are giving a week off to Alex Johnston, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, among others, against the Dragons. The Eels will freshen up their skipper, Clint Gutherson, and Mitchell Moses against the Panthers, who are close to full strength, which is good to see. The minor premiership is still up for grabs for them, and they could snatch it because the Storm has made nine changes ahead of their clash with Cronulla. Cam Munster among those to sit out the game. Big changes coming up at Canterbury as well. They'll have ten players leaving the club after their final round match against the Tigers on Sunday. Will Hopawati will get a farewell game, but Dylan Napa is unlikely to get a send-off. He has been named as a reserve, Tash. Yeah, Brett, so much happening in sport and also around the world. Dylan Alcott was involved in an epic semi-final on the court in Tokyo, while Ash Barty's US Open campaign is underway. Well, let's start with Dylan Alcott. His hopes of a golden slam, that's winning all the majors and Paralympic gold, is on track. The world number one won through to the gold medal match. Uh, it was a testing semi-final against Niels Vink that lasted two and a half hours in Tokyo and Alcott told Seven the heat got to him. I was done there. I'm an old man. I'm cooked. Cramping. I'm sore. He's half my age. What a little legend he is, Niels. Now, Barty's on court as we speak in New York. Won the first set against the Russian veteran Vera Zvonareva 6-1. They're locked at 5-all in the second, so it's a bit more of a battle in the second, but we back uh, Ash to get through. Isla Tomjanovic earlier won through in straight sets, getting through to the second round as well. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
And a bear has been caught red-handed stealing packages from outside homes in the US. A Connecticut woman decided to go through her home security footage after her package was stolen from her front doorstep. The video is showing the black bear picking up the box with his mouth before running off with it. Unbearable. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.